0: G'day there, wonderful listeners. It's Stuart Bell here from Our Dairy, business coach, founder of Our uh, Dairy, obviously, and author of Innovation. creator of the Leverage Advice Firm program. And today, I have a masterclass in marketing. Uh, Daniel Brown of uh, Newcastle Financial Group and I caught up at the end of 2019 to talk about an extraordinary 12 months he'd had 122 new clients every single one of them generated from his efforts on social media and what i love about this session is the way it was no holds barred we actually had daniel's marketing team who were on the line and he shared the specifics of not just how he did it the tactics the specifics but he went wider on how he would learned to market the way he had the mistakes he made on route the the, the, the lessons he learned uh, we talked a lot about target market, we talked about his evolution, and I really wanted to understand you know, how has he mastered a skill, marketing, that many advisors say they find hard. Because let's face it, marketing advice is not like marketing widgets. It's, a, it's far more complicated for a whole bunch of reasons that we cover in detail uh, throughout the program, the Leverage Advice Program. Um, and I think getting a handle on that before you go down the route of spending money on social media, there's Facebook that online marketing that building a new website I think is key and that's what I love about this session so if you are a financial expert and you're looking to grow your business whether it's through partnerships whether it's through referrals or whether you're going to really dive into this online stuff this is one of those kind of uh, master classes where if you understand the rules of the game uh, it's gonna make it a lot easier so uh, for me from the Finnovator podcast and thanks to Daniel let's dive into that 122 clients in 12 months uh, let's see how we did it. The background story to this is just over or six weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, I had the opportunity to go over to the Philippines. I got the opportunity to meet up with Jennifer uh, for the first time ever in person, who looks after our back office, which is an absolute treat. But on top of that, I got to go over and speak at an uh, event run by virtual business partners, who are one of the largest and I'd say probably most successful outsourcing companies that support financial advisors in Cebu in the South of the Philippines. But while I was there, I ran a couple of sessions uh, and I spoke to two people who had a really big impact on me. Sheree Kusak was the first one. We sat down and started talking about systematization and technology. And I don't know if you have that experience where you're talking to someone and you realize that you're not having a, a sort of coaching conversation or a conversation where you're sharing information in a one way, you're, you're essentially comparing notes. I was talking to someone who really, 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 knew how to do it and do it well. This was a real strength. The second one was Daniel. And we just got chatting, sat down as we were, and we got talking about marketing and how to do it and how not to do it and the role that digital plays and funnel and, and all of the sort of misconceptions people have when it comes to not just to marketing online, but also marketing advice online. And very quickly, uh, what became clear is that Daniel was one of those people in the industry who really knew this stuff. Uh, Diving deeper, he'd made an active decision at some point uh, that he was not going to sort of just understand marketing or find somebody just to take it over, but he was going to get to the heart of it because marketing is one of those weird things. It seems seems really simple. Like, you know, at at a high level, you think, how hard can it be? And then when you dive deep, you realize it is simple, but it's also devilishly hard because ultimately it's about understanding how people feel and think and approach things and being able to articulate that and it gets nuanced. While at the same time, at the top top level, the best marketing is by definition simple. So today I wanted to uh, have a conversation with Daniel. And as you can see, the real thing I want to dive into and unpack is how he's done it. Because the results he's got from uh, marketing and the way he's approached it, I think is is really useful for anybody out there who is either thinking of getting into uh, marketing you know digital marketing and making is a big part of it alternatively maybe you're on that journey and uh you're finding it difficult or you're trying to you know work it out or maybe you you're well progressed but you're looking for ways to kind of really boop, uh, bump it up so that's the scope of today and I hope this is going to be uh, useful and you're going to take a lot out of it without any further delay let me just bring up daniel because uh you know what he's been doing this a while I the more I speak to him about uh You know, the business he's built over a period of time, the fact that he's now up for two awards, and frankly, you know, some of the plans he's got and the way he's thinking about it, I'm impressed. So Daniel, let's let's get this show on the road. Are you there, man?
1: I'm here, Stu. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Good, thanks, Stu. Morning. Welcome. Where are you, by the way? I'm in Newcastle, the junction.
0: I, I love Newcastle. I came up there recently, and every time I go there, it just seems to change and get bigger and bigger
1: and better and better. We're lucky; we just moved the office down to street level, so it's when you ask, "What am I looking at?" It's uh, from people looking for their Friday drug hit to uh, <laughs> <laughs> getting their uh, morning coffee.
0: Mate, as I, I, a business, I work with based based Thunder Miranda, and they've got a, a boardroom, but it's got t- it's got uh, well, I guess it's one one-way glass, so it's all <laughs> shiny outside, and people we're having these coaching meetings, and people wander around, and they'll go. And it's just it it can't keep a straight face. So I personally love people watching about you. Yeah, I do. Dude, um, we first met in Cebu, which was a phenomenal, uh, really you know, I really enjoyed the experience and it was great to chat to you and and various other people. But normally I'd start these by talking about history and what's happened, but I want to start at the end of this because it's such a you know, the thing when you dropped on the table, I was like, So you're doing digital marketing. Yeah, how have you gone? And you went, Yeah, about 122 clients over the last 12 months. And I was like, Stop. Let's go back to that. Give us the, give us the story in behind the number, 122 clients from
1: digital. How did that happen? Yes, I guess it was a build up, and it continues today. So even, um, I think I said this morning, we're probably getting about 15 to 20 new clients a month. So it really snowballed as the year went on. I guess we kept investing and changing and reviewing the results and saying, how do we do it better? Um, and, uh, by the end of June alone, I think we had 36 inquiries. So June was their best month and also understanding analytics of when people are looking.
0: And by the way, I think we've got your marketing guys on the call, haven't we? Jackie
1: and Cameron? Carmen, yeah. So Carmen, beg your pardon? They're our partners in uh, the marketing. So they hold, oh, I'd say vice versa, but probably me. They hold me accountable because I've always got random ideas uh, <laughs> and trying to change my strategy. <laughs> But uh, very very valuable resource and um, great at what they do.
0: Guys, thanks for coming, and uh, hopefully we're going to sort of share a bit of what you guys do as well. So just give us the background. 36 inquiries. Let's 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 do the analytics. What channels are you using to, to generate those?
1: Yeah, so um, I guess a few things we do is one, we get uh, try to add to start we add uh, value to our business partners, so that uh, include recording videos. Uh, uh, of them and adding base or so get them sharing that on their social media platforms as well and encourage them to do that Secondly, we're using uh, reg- well, we- Our goal is to do weekly content on Facebook with a boost uh, to certain areas. We used to be able to target That's a little bit loose now Third we've got a uh, website which is we make sure it's number one in the SEO uh, hence the names that we use or the yeah. brand uh, fourth would be the Google AdWords campaigns that we run and continuing to review those analytics. Okay. Uh, that's been um, probably the, the, and then uh, the number one thing out of all that is writing content that people want to read. They're, people don't buy the process, they buy the outcome. So we, I taught myself how to write content, which I thought I used to fail at English. So this is weird, writing content, but <laughs> that's what I now do. So I often get an idea and just start to record it in my phone. I just wrote three articles in like about three hours the other day uh, and try to make it and keep reviewing. So the more personal we get in the content, the better the reaction is from uh, the inquiries to the point.
0: Okay. So we got some really good stuff to chat about there. And I'm particular, you know, we had a conversation about, I love really good content and I want to dive into this in, in a, in a little while because I think there's so much people put content out there. And they don't really do enough. They do the hard work and sit down and writing and they don't think about, you know, what do people want to read? But uh, That's right. let's let's take it back to the beginning. You okay. doing this, is it 15 years? Uh, it's since 03, so 16, uh, 16 years. Okay. Talk us through the, you know, the the beginning of, of, of your journey of Newcastle Financial Group, you know, the, the, the Daniel Brown Begins prequel movie.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm about like Star Wars. Uh, so... <laughs> Effectively, I, I worked for a farm manager and then I decided my uncle owned a business here And he said you need to go out and learn about sales So I went out and taught myself sales uh, yep. Which gave me a lot of confidence so in 2003 started working with him uh, I guess he's effectively my first mentor, uh, which I probably learned both good and bad um, But the number of uh, work ethic was one of the good things and also the ability just to connect with people so I think um, Really listening and understanding what people want—nothing that other advisors would be doing—but I really wanted to make that a strength. So I get—I guess, guess what I've come to learn: the fundamentals of any business will only succeed if you've got a sale, you're good at sales. You've got to have a brand that represents you from the inside to the outside, and yep. uh, and marketing. If you get all that right, you're going to have a successful business. So uh, he taught me sales well and truly, and then uh, in 2010 we bought that business off him. Uh, effectively merged it and grew it again. Uh, yep. We offered multiple services. I was a partner in that. We grew it to about 36 people. Uh, and then I decided to leave. Okay. Do it my own because I was going to keep it, um, keep it, uh, I guess, boutique. So I did that for a year. And I think in that year, I just went out and saw people. I think I generated 50, I can't remember the number now, 54 or 56 SOAs. Running a one-man band, um, I'm like, "Yeah, this is fun, but what do I do next?" And then I, <laughs> I had a coach at the time, and he goes, "If you want to go from a, a six or seven-figure income each time, you got to reincarnate yourself." So I wrote, I wrote a business plan about symbiotic; everything's going to be mutually beneficial. Um, yeah, love it. Started to grow it, so now we're three and a half years in. We're three offices, 25 people. We've got a team in six in Cebu and our plans are done in um, Sri Lanka with another five and um, that's only how much I want to grow it now. So I've actually just, as we're talking marketing, the Central Coast office in particular just keeps coming. So we've turned all the marketing off effectively. Um, okay. We've got too many leads coming. That's a terrible, terrible problem to have. <laughs> and just, just I feel on like it. an idiot saying it now why do I turn it off
0: no, no, no it's because no, it's I mean you, you, would, you would know that growth is good but too much growth will kill a business mm. that's the whole reincarnation thing one of the things I, I do every year is I, I sit down and I, you may have done the same thing and I go right what's my target what's my reasonable target for the year and what would the business have to look like and then I double it and <laughs> then I double that and then I double that and there comes a point in that process where the business breaks the model will no longer, it's usually about the fifth iteration. The business model will no longer work. And that's the point which you've got to go, okay, I'm going to get to that point. Where, where's the transition? You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. We're, that's why I guess what we've gone is created the width. And now my thing is out let's create the depth. Let's really build those client relationships. And we've got multiple businesses that we're running. So trying to get the cross referrals happening is a, a a cheaper option at the moment than having to continue to get the leads in. But we've had, which I never thought was possible. We've had people walking in our door and booking meetings because we just ran a campaign. We're in an old bank. We ran a campaign about your bank has sacked you. um, And that worked as well. So then we've (laughs) had literally people. booking meetings.
0: Fantastic. So give me a bit of a profile of who do you work? And you mentioned there are multiple areas you provide advice. Give me an
1: idea of this, you know, the problems you help solve for people. Yeah, so um, so we've got uh, 10 advisors, or I think it's 10, yeah, 10, and they range from uh, we've got an, now got an insurance specialist we've brought in uh, who was at one of the banks uh, working in the key man buy sell area uh, through to an aged care specialist and then we've got the uh, younger advisors doing the super insurance. So I offer, if someone says something, I'll say, well, you know, from cradle to grave, we've got you covered. And any particular type of clients that you work with? Like, who do you find is a typical... Um... Yes, uh, I like to say that we're not... I uh, believe the industry is heading in this direction and I'm trying to play the game. My goal is to play the game of where we're going to be in 18 months, not where we are. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I really want to promote that we're not a generalist. I don't think... There's no time for being a generalist anymore. We're going to have a team of specialists. So I encourage that each of the advisors, we call them marketing avatars. Yeah. To write what they ideally want to work with. Then we get them to write back they all write content too now. So we write content about those areas they want to work in. And then on our website, we're only sort of focusing on two or three areas of advice, but there's each individual advisor will have those, you know, three to four areas that they really want to focus in. Because if, they, if they're they passionate about those areas of advice, there's no use making someone who wants to do retirement advice work in insurance. So, yeah, and that, that gets them out of that, uh, builds a really good culture, yeah. which is being, Feedback by the new, the two new advisors we've brought in, they never experienced and ain't like it. Where they just got the freedom because of our structure behind the scenes that they just see people, they get to see their ideal client, they get to have the flexibility, and everything else is done for them uh, offshore. So, love it. Let me ask about
0: um, because I I think it's fair to say that you are probably in a minority of advisors who decided to go down and become a marketing expert. A lot of businesses they, they would much rather just outsource it and let someone else be good at it. What was the decision process? What was the point in your life that you went, no, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn how to market this and master it?
1: Uh, so I'd have an active role in the previous business in the marketing, uh, but it wasn't my area. My area was to see clients. And I guess i built uh, a relation, i you have know, been out in that year one of starting and in 2016, I just generated all the referrals but if I had stopped stop getting those referrals, the business stops. So uh, that's not a business; it's just a job. So yeah. what I wanted to challenge myself is to uh, figure out how to write content, um, build a marketing strategy that reflects. And then I knew I knew all the tools. I just wasn't doing it. So I knew how important branding was. I know how to get to number one on the SEO. That's easy. So why not try and do it? So that was my challenge. I love
0: it. A, fr- a good friend of mine, uh, Tristan Bond, who's a coach who works with um, uh, sort of healthcare practices, he once sat around to me and said, "Stu, every, most businesses up to a million dollars are a marketing problem, and yeah. after a million, they're a leadership problem. So if you if you haven't mastered your marketing, you haven't literally ma- mastered your growth." Yep. which means you're at the hold. I love that. Um, so tell me the first steps. I mean, how did you start out? What, where do you start and I mean, was it, did, you, did it come to you naturally to begin with or did you have a couple of stumbles and falls
1: and wrong turns? I run some. One of the best learnings was uh, we ran a campaign about pre-30 June about super and contributions. And again, that's process driven. People don't buy that stuff. They buy the outcome. They want to know, you know, talking about the, what are they going to do spending their retirement is far yeah. more engaging than someone. And talking about property and self-managed super fund, might not lead them there, but that's the hot buttons that people want to talk about. Um, and not say that that doesn't end up being the outcome, but often we have to think about how do we get them into the office versus what are the, the end result. Um, but the number, the first thing was is that I needed to have a brand that I was proud of um, that reflected what my vision was. Um, so we went about recreating the brand um, that from the colors to the fonts to having a style guide. So Everyone is on brand. So in the end, now people are buying the brand. The brand becomes more important than um, the individual. So
0: how big was the business when you went, right, we're going to do proper style, font,
1: imagery? How big was it? When was this? Uh, So it's probably two years ago now. Okay. Um, So probably would have been, uh, you know, two or three advisors, maybe four or five, you know, a team of six or seven
0: okay so i mean what most people think of branding exercise as being a big business thing but you guys you were you weren't you weren't a small business but you weren't you weren't as big as you are now
1: no way yeah so i the lesson i got was you know uh the coaches i've seen as a branding by association and i'm like oh i don't know is that going to work for me uh but in the end and the brand, too, like you don't realize uh, when you start to look around and uh, understand branding a bit more like, is it that we want to be like the Audi? Do we want to be of the car industry or do we want to be the Hyundai? How do clients perceive us when they walk in our office, uh, our website, and our people? Mm-hmm. The website, the office, and the people all need to be the same. You know, it was you know we did lot from magazines to cars to uh, people, celebrities. So are you and so that was a process. Whilst uh, at first you go, that's an expensive process to go through. It was really good because we brought in different people in the business. Effectively, that sort of not only is what we represent external, it's how we make decisions. So if we're going to be a premium brand, like uh, and something goes wrong, you you just refund them the money as an example. You don't argue with the person. Uh, it's sort of like our, I guess our uh, the culture is also underpinned by your brand.
0: I agree. Mate, it's funny you should mention this because it seems silly, but it's the same deal. When when we started, I went out and just, I put this together, you know, a little bit about who we are. I don't know if that looks like it's frozen, but um, the whole thing about if our dairy was a person, what would they be? All the way down to words and phrases we use. Imagery we like, colors, fonts, and logos. Who we admire, that kind of stuff. I think it's a really useful thing because a lot of people talk about getting clear on your strategy and your purpose. But if if you're not clear on your personality, of your business, and the look and feel, it, it's going to vary all over the place, and it, it doesn't give you that that, that really
1: strong um, foundation. So I totally agree. That's awesome. Thank you. Same with color. The color. Like my wife is actually a color dumb color consulting. So understanding yeah. color and how that what that means to people and to their unconscious mind. Um, and like we bought a house the other day and it's from a r- local real estate agent, probably one of the better known ones. And then uh, they gave the bottle of wine they gave us to celebrate was a bottle of the, you know, probably perhaps the world's finest oyster bay. Like, it's just, <laughs> like it's, that damages your brand versus, so versus upholding like will cost an extra 20 bucks to buy, say a nice bottle of champagne. I-
0: so. I bought an Audi a few years ago and they still send me every, you know, member thing or it's in my wife's name. And I'm just like, if she didn't buy the car, you failed immediately. You spent all this money and you couldn't even get the name right. I I agree. It's so easy to make mistakes. Yeah. Dude. um, So the branding came first. Tell me how
1: you got good. Uh, So, well, firstly, uh, the the first part to write content, if we're talking about that, was to just start right. And write what you feel that you're passionate about. What, what do they enjoy when I, they come in for a client meeting? Um, and I started to write about that. So, one of the terms I've used regularly is retirement, getting retirement ready. Whereas, if yep. someone says, just an easy switch on, on language from, uh, get, let's do some retirement planning, well, that's such a, a bad way. Instead of using budgeting, talk about a spending plan. Um, the uh, When you write an article, not a little trick to that uh, content is you've got to try If you can write, um, the word, either a negative headline or, a the number needs to relate to the first or letter. So it'd be like, uh, six steps to success. Uh, five, uh, five fundamental, like it's got to relate the number. You try and use a number in the headline that relates to the letter. That's another simple thing that I learned. So, um, it's like marketing one Oh one. Uh, it grabs people's attention. Um, and then we're writing content that's relevant. So we you know, we have a young professionals and the pre-retirees are sort of uh, the Facebook users and social media users. So And Facebook, if you look at the analytics, Facebook is one of the most popular for that retirement, uh, getting ready for retirement. So a lot of our articles are written around that. Can you give me so, the, you know in your, mind, in your mind of a
0: piece of content that you see written over and over again? By advisors, you know that just keeps getting put out of there. That you, it, you just look at it and go. It's never going to work. And then what you
1: would do instead? Uh, okay, the one I hate the most. I'll talk about that. Is that they want to talk about um, doing a budget and cash flow. Um, and it's going to be a really big generalization, but that for that's really good for poor people. Uh, whereas wealthy people want to talk about where they can spend their money and how they can go about making more money so they can enjoy doing more of the things they like doing. So not many people enjoy doing a budget, but oh, that that drives me bonkers. Yeah, uh, that's probably the number one thing. Uh, and so the, they talk about, you know, they want to write and promote a uh, stereo, you know, cookie cutter approach to their content. So they go and their licensee might produce a, an article and they like and share it. And so is 50 other people. So Google yeah. doesn't like that. <laughs> No one's going to read it so you're wasting your time. So either do nothing or do something that's personal. Yeah, I agree. I just say to
0: people, like, there's a lot of people out there who spend, they go, oh, I'm looking for a service who can write content. I'm like, they're just going to, they're going, to, they're going to write a good article, but no one's going to read it because it's not addressed to that person. It's not relevant. It's just generic. And it's so for me, it's a complete waste of money. But there you go. I also
1: use, so I done a lot of personal development coaching. So knowing what people, you know, there's 90% of our communications done unconsciously, so I use a bit of that smartness or NLP in some of the content and processes we do. I also interview other, I interview accountants uh, and put that out as a video. We shot it ourselves, and that was one of the most successful things we've done. It really spiked. So you don't have to spend much to. If you don't like writing, just go and record, and don't talk about you. Talk about them. Love
0: it. Um, what's the what in the recent memories? What have been the most well-read or successful pieces of content you put out? What have been the the, the topics or the, or the, you
1: know, the angle? Yeah, probably those two, one interviewing the local, but also I wrote a piece about, um, <laughs> which I got, that got a reaction is that uh, uh, along those lines I was talking about before, instead of what are the five myths, I think it was five steps to financial freedom or something along those lines. And we talked about, what are the learnings that we've seen in people and what has uh, been some of the success So, you know, the most wealthy clients I've personally, that I look after, I bought assets and held them for as long as they can and their regret is they didn't buy more of them. And so I wrote something about that. Whereas broke people (laughs) I wrote in this content will always blame and uh, point the finger at why it hasn't occurred. Uh, And then that was a good reaction on social media uh, because they'll be like, it's not all about the money and they, and it was probably the same people that I was targeting that were reacting to the content. So I think... Sorry, go on. Yeah, that's probably the main... Then the most recent one I did, I think, I don't even know, I think this is it, we talked about... So like in Newcastle, they like to have, you know, walk the beaches here, they like to grab a coffee. So I was trying to link the coffee, you know, the morning coffee experience to why they need to have the same with their financial planner uh the ongoing relationship is where they value it so not so i'm trying to write what I've, i see as an experience as an advisor put that into the content that they can relate to so for example the, the if you went in you like to go to your certain coffee shop you like to have your flat white or long black but if each day they turned up and gave you a turmeric latte <laughs> well you wouldn't like that <laughs> so the advice relationship needs it's personal um so i'm trying to um, yeah draw on my experiences and understand what the clients enjoy and put that back out in content
0: if you're if you if you're an advisor and you listen to this and you're you realize maybe you had this realization that you are writing technical content content that you know a lot about but nobody obviously most people aren't interested in because otherwise there'd be more people sort of managing their finances better what's the, the The best advice you can give them just to flip their content over. What's the, yeah, what's the tidbits that they could just do which would make a big difference?
1: Um, Well, the best example I can give is that if you went and bought a new washing machine and they started explaining to you how the parts were sourced, they built it in China, uh, they did all this research for 17 years on why it's the most economic washing machine. No one gives a shit about that. They they buy outcomes. Talk about the outcome of your advice. So if that means that if you work with a client for 10 years, you can guarantee, as an example, you'll impact their retirement outcome by 1% per annum. Yeah. That is a better outcome. So they can resonate with that. That's a tangible thing that they can they can start to digest and understand. Love it. That's the number one thing. So you,
0: you're, you're, starting to play, you're starting to play with this stuff. You're starting to obviously get better. My guess is you're probably practicing it more and more. You're getting more comfortable. At what point did you realize that, You'd, you were kind of getting the hang of it and it was, it was time to take it up a
1: notch. Ooh, uh, I guess probably, you know, when you start to see the, you go, well, the more I write and if we release this week, so we're trying to do monthly to start. So we started off at monthly content and our, our goal for next year is to do daily content, um, which is oh. a challenge, there we go. Um, and we're launching a podcast and so forth to really take it to another level, which will be weekly. Um, but one would do doing monthly and it would work and you'd see your spike in your analytics. So every month we look at our report that comes through from a, a fantastic team at the measured marketer. And we're looking and and reviewing everything, the dollars spent versus the leads generated, um, it's data. And so rather than just going, Oh yeah, we've had a shitty month. Like what? I'm not going to keep spending it if it's not getting the results. Yeah, absolutely. So we refine, 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 but it really click into gear. Um, Uh, So I guess what what I understood at that point, the more I did it, the more we got the results. So we went from um, monthly to weekly. We then got each of the advisors writing a piece of content a month, uh, which we would then send to measured market or refine to make sure it's on point. And then we release that when we think it's right. Uh, And also understanding the year, the cycle that I believe, uh, April is a really shitty month. So we should almost have April offers in industry. January One to January 30 is when it goes bananas because people are trying to uh, get their life in order, set use resolutions. So, to have content and campaigns ready to run in January. Uh, And July is also slow, uh, whereas June is busy. So, just understanding it doesn't seem to impact what if we change our approach in those months. So, um, pull back on so that in those times, in those months, we pull back on the Google AdWords and save us some money and put it into the campaigns that we want to run.
0: So um, Alan's got a question, which is kind of it's not necessarily deeply related to this conversation, but I'm going to I'm going to get it in there because he's he's done with the honour or the courtesy of asking it. He wants to know: Is your advice process itself digitalized? And I guess what he means by that is when when someone comes in from one of your campaigns and they make contact, are you still having a digital engagement? Is it you know they're filling in forms? And tell me if I'm wrong, Alan. It's online meetings, or at the moment they they reach out, is it? human to human?
1: Um, oh, I'll answer that in two parts. So the first, one thing we noticed uh, on our website and analytics, that so people would get to the website, but they didn't want to ring. So as soon as we put, or they didn't want to fill in the inquiry box. So as soon as we spent, uh, I think it's $6 a month on, uh, you can book me software where they can book straight into our calendar system uh, that the meetings went through the roof. So it was one, one little, investment of six cost six dollars a month we've rolled that out for new clients and ongoing clients now um but what happens is that they go into that they book the meeting that's now fully automated they then get a confirmation email with our fsg uh the new the file is set up in our software x plan by our team in the philippines and it's all automated so that part is absolutely automated Uh, and we also have a 15 minute before they come in we now uh, book in a 15 minute zoom meeting and record it to I guess position them what they 're going to experience and what they yeah. need to bring, but the rest of it but at this point uh, they all every meeting is run the same way they have a five step meeting process, five steps we run through the meeting um, and it 's digitalized behind the scenes but not in that client experience and that's, that five step meeting is consistent amongst
0: everybody in the business. They all follow the same framework yeah, same. And that's our sales process,
1: effectively.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And then uh, when
1: do, at what point do they sign up? The client. Yeah. Yeah, so depending on uh, the complexity uh, and what's – so they'll either be uh, – at the end of that first meeting, I would say most of them sign up. Uh, but, you know, not in every case we know the answers. So we'll scope the fee – scope sorry, scope the advice and the fee in that first meeting and allow them to engage. Right. They then pay – uh, before we start work, they'll pay an engagement fee. Um, that's decided by the advisor, but there's a minimum. And then uh, in some yep. cases, they might you know, there's multiple meetings that are required and we just charge a fee for the work that's, you know, in research phase. Beautiful.
0: Okay. Is that helpful, Alan? I feel like I use this. Uh, Zoraida wants to know, first meeting, do you charge any fee
1: for that? Uh, no, we made a, we made a call. We, we tossed around that concept, but we wanted to offer something complimentary. I think there's two parts to that. One, uh, allow that 15-minute phone call will tell us whether they were in or out so right um, the, benefit, the reason we did it on zoom because people will make an excuse of not the reason not to come to you uh, for whatever reason so regardless yeah. of the location you do that uh, and the second part we want to give an experience of what the advice industry is uh, and I think that's our I took a, I guess a um, a view that I want to give back a bit and we've been through a really shit time and we've got a really bad name through the Royal Commission so how can we add add value back to the industry, which is that the client comes in, we spend half hour, an hour and give back and help them in their life and move on. I think that's a bit of giving back and um, and helping us. And we just ask them to do a testimonial or review instead. I, I totally agree with you. I think as long as you've got the right people, you know, you, you get, get in the people in
0: the room who you can help and you understand their problems. And if you can get them in and give them an hour long thing, even if they don't sign up, but they leave clearer about, you know, what they want where they're at and what the, what the issues are. I I think if, if you're comfortable doing that and the clients are right, then yeah, up to that point, I think it's, 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 yeah, it's a good thing to do. David and Carl
1: also want to know around fees. What do you, what do you charge? If you don't mind. Yes, our, our minimum advice fee is 6,000 plus GST for all clients, uh, which effectively will come of about three to four uh, areas of advice. And as we start to scope that out on complexity, we add a, a rough figure is about $500 per um, area of advice, such as estate planning or cash flow or uh, an, an investment account or something. Uh, each one has it. Beautiful. Okay. Is that helpful? Uh,
0: can we dive into, there's a question from Daryl. I will ask this one because it's, it, it's a good one. Marketing spend. Now, we're going to dive into the Facebook and all this funnel. And ultimately, I think when, you, when, when you've got something that works, the next step is you need to spend a bit of money on it. A lot of people spend the money without working out what's going to work. Yep. And some people work out what's works and they never spend the money. You're obviously at a place where you know what works. What is your, uh, what as a percentage of your revenue, what do you spend on, on, on marketing and maybe even what you spend on digital? Uh,
1: good question. As a percentage, I have to now calculate that. Uh, so it would be, what's that one? About 2 to 3%. 2 to 3%. And that's marketing overall? Yep. That probably we have. So effectively I've got a lady, Stacy works in here four days a week. So I've got her wage and then you'd have your Facebook boost and the payment to a great friend at the measured marketer and also the Google AdWord campaigns, which we spend up to three grand a month. That's included in that figure, but up to three grand a month on that.
0: Love it. Just in case we hadn't got that name in it uh, enough. It was measured marketer, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, David wants to know, do you take insurance commissions and have a thumb or an agreed dollar amount? That's a good question, David,
1: in the terms of the fee. Insurance commission, yes, we take that. Um, and just if well, the, how I position that, just talk about a success fee. So if we can get it over the line, we actually have a we employed one of the, another good thing we did in our area office, we have an underwriter. So the insurance process isn't even commenced in the, with the advisor. It's booked in with the underwriter to run through online or over the phone. Um, that's sort of separating insurance, which is a boring, laborious question, 30 to 45 minute process and really creating the advice. To separate. Um, and what was the other question? Uh, uh, from from a, or is it a dollar amount. No, it's sort of trying to stick it. Uh, the minimum is, the, uh, and then we'll scale up on the complexity. So if they want direct equities or an ETF portfolio, or they've got multiple things, we'll just start building the fee accordingly and
0: this kind of ties in it's funny how these conversations doesn't mean really you talk about marketing it, eventually pricing comes up it's weird yep. um but um do you take it that as a dollar amount and does it come out of the client's pocket their cash flow or how does that work
1: yeah um so they'll pay or well, we I, I again trying to play the game in 18 months we're probably going to move to a, a a system where they pay a lot of that fee themselves i think asic will enforce this, if not the trustees, but anyway. Um, yeah, so they pay a portion. If it, they'll pay the fee proportionate to the advice. So if it's uh, 50% investment advice and 50% super, that's how the fee will be charged. Okay. Hopefully that's useful, guys. That's a whole bunch of information. It's interesting.
0: We always, always end up talking about pricing. Um, like if you just get a number, it'll be fine charging it. But as we're going to find out, a lot of what happens prior to them coming
1: in that's what enables you to charge certain fees. You know, a lot of how you engage them, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I've got a tool that we talk about. So it's positioning. So how are you positioned? That's what your branding does, gives you a positioning statement. And um, it's price, product, market, service. You need to have alignment on that. Um, and so we talk about, it, like when there's, someone walks into our office here, they're greeted like a maitre d'. So we're not just a reception. They get up and greet the person, walk them in. There's a lounge for them to sit out. So all those little things are talking to them unconsciously. Be interesting to put it out. Uh, I always like to ask advisors, when was the last
0: time you did a walkthrough of your experience? Like stepped outside and walked in as if a client would. Um, Even better, get someone else and another advisor to do it for you. And then you do it for them. It's amazing how much information you got. And one of the one of the most memorable periods, I walked into a, a business of a client that I was working with and the receptionist, was she was behind this big, tall desk and she literally walked out. She went over and said, Stuart, I've heard so much about you. Welcome. Stepped out from behind the desk and that small thing, it just blew me away. It's, it's incredible and set the, set, the, set the scene for so much. Daniel, should we talk about the funnel? Because you've got marketing, you've got AdWords, you've got Facebook, you've got content marketing. And I think one of the dangers is people go, oh, I'm going to do more content marketing. But unless you plug the right things in the right order, you don't get people doing the right the right things at the right time, if that makes sense. Yeah. So do you want to talk us through where this fits in terms of your funnel? How many phases does your funnel have?
1: Uh, so, uh, probably the number, like what we try to, I guess, What I don't know if this will be exactly the right answer, but... What we try to track is that where is the, so if we know we can get, um, we boosted ads and so forth to get our Facebook followers up. We ran a competition. So mm-hmm. when we write content, we can boost that and then we can track what's going through to our website. Uh, so where it's sourcing from and obviously the Google AdWords and so forth as well. Yeah. So it's probably the final, I could probably answer that really definedly in some of our other businesses and what we've done there, but just looking at the analytics and what's working and keeping the reviewing that um, so I keep saying when people ask me about the marketing, I say it's not a cost, it's an investment. And like yep. any investment, you need a strategy. Um, so and keep on reviewing that strategy. So you've got
0: you're running Facebook campaigns and these are boosts, right? Yep. And I guess the, the proviso, this is really good content that's on on brand, it's hitting things, and ultimately you're doing boosts and that's attracting likes. Yep. And what's, what's something that you would typically try and get someone to like, but how would, you know, is it just like our page or is there something more to it?
1: Uh, Oh, obviously we run then you could have book now, complimentary meeting. So we run the different click buttons as well. Um, Like recently we recruited an advisor, Janelle, um, who's uh, let's just say she's in the, how do I put this politely? She's in the twilight of career and happy doing that. Yep. Uh, but she's fantastic and she's come from Commonwealth Bank. Uh, so if anyone knows, Commonwealth Bank's just turned off all their ongoing fees. They're sacking their advisors or sorry, making them redundant. Um, giving them a copy so, of who's moved my cheese, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we ran, you know, we were promoting Janelle, we put her out and had the local publication had a headline. Uh, and then she's and all the people are starting to contact her. So uh, and people like and share that page so then we're opening up her network to our brand uh, and obviously she's like said to me the other day do you think uh clients or people see bank advisors differently to uh, like us and i'm like uh, uh absolutely they I wasn't aware of that and so some of her friends are now starting to say we'll come in and see you because she's no longer associated <laughs> with the bank she just it's funny how, like, we, as outside the banks, we would see that totally all the time, but they're not, they're naive that's to true. It.
0: That's true. Yeah, it's, yeah, well, having worked yeah. in, yeah.
1: I'd say <laughs> that's part of a strategy. Like, the reason we brought her on, one, it adds a, a great addition to our team. Um, and secondly, that there's all these advisors that can't find a home. So they, they, the client is used to going to see in the bank and if, for some instance, they see Janelle out there, that we might mm-hmm. actually pick up others as well.
0: So, there's real world stuff going on. There's networking. You mentioned partners. Tell me how the partners and the, the
1: digital stuff fit together. Okay. So, uh, some of the accountants that we work with, I've got a, one of my concepts is um, when you build a relationship from networking, whatever it may be, it's about value, 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 sell. Um, so, how do I add value to them? Uh, and that's the same with client, any relationship, I guess. But, you know, I want to showcase them as a business. I want to uh, promote them. Uh, which allows them to distribute that uh, through their network. Uh, secondly, then, oh, if that's not a, a business relationship, you add value by giving them content that's relevant to them and keep building that relationship. Uh, we started a networking group called Beers and Business that's been highly successful. It's yep. emerging my two favourite uh, topics. Uh, and creating those just create the relationship and the accountants all refer to us, not because we've got an agreement in place or it's a revenue thing. They do it because they buy into our business and what we represent. Gotcha. And when you do that, they're sharing your content? Yeah. So then uh, we, shared, like, we recorded a video, uh, which is about to be done with an accountant. Uh, Michael Hart is about to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, Mark Hughes Foundation next week. Wow. And so, you know, we're sharing stuff on his page. He's then doing stuff with a whole heap of, you know, they've raised a crap load of money. Um, and I showcased him and talked about him being resilient and what does resilience mean and how does he help his clients. Uh, it was really good. He was so petrified at doing it, but it's come up really good. Um, and. The benefit of that is that he's talking, he's showcasing how he helps his clients. I'm not even talking about anything to do with the, what we do or financial planning, I didn't even talk about anything to do with me. But then they go and share that through their their network. And I think that's an, some easy wins. And it might cost us probably $600 fully audited, uh, edited, sorry. And, if, and again, adding value to them and then we get the results later on. So it's, a, it's an investment, I keep saying that word. An investment, and then uh, if I ask them for a favor or you know we get them up and speak in front of our clients just keep adding value everywhere we go and is it to
0: add value to the clients or add value to them to begin with add value to them yeah and so what am my... can you give me an example of you know the partnerships that you've got that are most successful what's the value that you bring to the table for them personally uh
1: well, last night I was having a conversation they're like oh you know, I keep telling them what I'm up to and, you know, they're, they're worried about doing branding. They've got to rebrand their business and they've got to go through the same exercise. So my value, I guess, for them, if we're pick, picking on this, is that I'm giving, and like I'm doing today, giving unconditionally. So I give away knowing somewhere I'll give it back. Um, so I'm helping them and that if that makes them more efficient, makes them feel comfortable to make a decision to improve their business, well, I think that's value.
0: I think Justine Musk, who was married to Elon Musk for many, many years, she was once on a, one of those Q&A things on Reddit. And someone asked her, what's the secret to being rich? And she said, this, you know, being a billionaire. He says it's really simple. If you want to be a billionaire, you've got to create billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of value for other people. If you do that, it'll find you. I think it's a really good philosophy to approach with, with partnerships, which is if you can go out and approach people and help them, most businesses, most you'll trigger that reciprocity thing Yep. rather than going out and yep. going,
1: hey, can you send me leads? Which doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> how about we set up a joint venture and I'll give you, I don't care about that though, especially if they're a wealthy individual, they don't care about that. They want their clients taken care of and they've got to trust you to do. Exactly. I've got to say, we do have, so if you focus on how you want to show up, do what you need to do, you'll have what you need to have and that's how I run the whole business.
0: That in the face, I'm not going to refer people to you because to do you a favor, I'll refer because I want to do them a favor and I think you're somebody who can help them. That's, that's the secret. Um, the one thing, so we've got the real world stuff, which is driving people to the website. Yep. Facebook is obviously driving people either directly to a, to a book now thing yep. or it's going to the website.
1: Uh, yes yeah, to the website uh, so both will uh, either, either way they've got a landing page with a Google which will take you to the website which lands on the book now uh, and a call to action straight away same with web, uh, Facebook it will do it but I've noticed probably Facebook has uh, died not uh, it's probably I feel like it's lost yeah. its strength like last me a year ago Facebook's had it, is the one so now we're sort of switching a bit to LinkedIn um, and I guess building, they want to build my profile, which is, which is exactly what I don't like doing, but now I'm having to go with it. Uh, and, um, and really uh, the website and making it relevant, you know, continuing to refresh and look at that. And we easily get to number one on the Google search term. So we know what people search for, then we make sure we're number one on those pages. Let's talk about SEO. The set-
0: Sorry to interrupt you. AdWords is driving to the website, but a lot of what you mentioned is SEO and SEO is kind of, it's kind of like, it's like, it's like the dark arts. It's magic. People don't quite know what it is, right? And you can get, you can spend a lot of money on SEO if you don't know what you're talking about. So can you you tell, tell us what's important to you about SEO? And I think maybe even talk about the importance of
1: the name of your business as it relates. Okay. Um, So for example, uh, when I, I'll use the Central Coast page as the number one. So With Central Coast, I looked at that, that's where I'm from originally. Um, And I, so there's two parts to this. I went and looked at, uh, I have a saying, another one, (laughs) a lot of sayings when I look at it, this into myself, (laughs) but attack your opposition's weaknesses. Um, So look at who who your opposition is. And on Central Coast, there's no one that's local. So I talked all the content is about being local, giving back, you know local, local, local. And secondly, I looked at all the, what could we call the business, and Central Coast Financial Planning Group would get us to number one on SEO without having to spend a dollar. So, from my understanding, we haven't spent a dollar on getting these SEO done. Hold on. Financial advice is one of the most
0: expensive keywords
1: to buy. Yep. How on earth
0: did you do that? I mean, actually, you don't have to tell us if it's a big secret because that's a hell of a secret. But that's um, amazing.
1: So, if you're in an area, all I would encourage you, go and find the pop, do a population search <laughs> So figure out what's your, the population in your that area. So if we picked, um, I don't know, a suburb. Uh, or I got offered a business the other day, Ballarat. Um, so what's if I go and look at registering Ballarat Financial Planning, <laughs> or Financial Planning Group, or Financial Planning, or Financial Planners? That's going to help you get and then have a landing page for your website. It drives the traffic there. You then instead of spending on the black art of SEO, that's going to do your job for you grant work's done, dude. That's worth that's worth a fortune. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, so then the SEOs and like uh, one of the concepts we've got is then how do you, um, how do you jump into the SEO content? And you know, if we wanted to offer self managed super fund uh, advice all around Australia, we'd have to then start building that content. But the, there's some easy cheap ways to get the SEO done. Um, and just thinking about Again, the SEO and the content—you know—adding um, in your page, for example, there's another easy win. That in your page, if it was financial planning Newcastle, instead of just saying we do superannuation advice, we do superannuation advice for Newcastle. Add that's some easy wins on SEO that I've yeah. picked up along the way.
0: That's good. It's amazing when you sort of get really interested in domains as well. Um, yeah. What's out there? I managed to buy advicefirm.com. Oh, there you go. Oh, I'll have that. Dude, this has been incredible, and I'm just—I've got one eye on the time, um, and I and I do want to give you sort of a bit of a uh, uh, sort of opportunity. Well, firstly, let's just say you're up for two awards, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> which of those awards?
1: Uh, so one's uh, regional business leader of the year. Nice. Uh, which is weird. I think I pride myself. I, I, I look back at this. I never wanted a, I haven't yet uh, won an award for being an advisor, but I really hold myself as a, a business person that does advice now. So to get that. Acknowledgement uh, as a finalist in you know, it's just Australia wide and business I feel pretty chuffed at that and then just with XY advisor. I'm up for the marketing award there um, So I recorded a podcast listen to that. It's got a lot of this content on there, but um, Really talking with Clayton uh, just saying how how can I help you guys grow adding value to them? because I really believe in that business model and uh, changing the way advice is delivered. and um, So they're, yeah, they're I, the two at the moment. I'm doing a lot of work with Steve Crawford at the advice movement.
0: And I think I love the fact that there are these movements coming up um, and I think it's, it's really encouraging. So yeah, it's good to be part of it. Yeah. Is there any, what... anyone, anyone who's listening to this? Is it a vote thing? Can I go and vote for you? Or is it not that kind of award? <laughs>
1: you can, you can in, on the XY one, you can, it was on LinkedIn. Uh, you can vote for me that, uh, Obviously, it helps promote their business as well. So, actually, you can get on XY Advisor Awards and vote for me. The other one's um, done by an independent panel. uh, The It's on the 15th of uh, November at Star City. I did get to pick the song if I win. um, So, that was pretty cool. Uh, I won't ask you what it is, but... It's from one of my favourite bands, Grinspoon. So
0: I they might not let me play it. I wanted to walk down the aisle to "Another One Bites the Dust" by a Queen, but <laughs> Rachel was like, "That's not happening." <laughs> um, this has been really good. I reckon we could go on for hours and hours. I'm going to ask a few more questions, but just in case people have to go because we're coming up to the hour, the hour mark. If is there anything you want? Like, if obviously, please, everybody, go on the link in, put in a vote for Daniel because I, I think, um, yeah, I think he's it's. He's, what he's done is fantastic and he's done it in such a quiet sort of just get down to it kind of way so please put your vote in but if people want to know more about you and Justin just voted nicely done sir they want to know more about you or is there something you know that you'd like to to offer or put out there
1: yes yeah, so absolutely happy to help her um, we are <laughs> there is deep consideration to launching this as our own marketing business um, of in a discussion with someone to if we do that and i and really specialised for financial planners so um, we might do that. We're about to launch a podcast uh, of our own every week called Why Invest and about uh, giving content away about business, people that are successful in business. We've got Craig Rosie Rosevee who's uh, uh, the drummer from the Screaming Jets and so I'm going to be, I said I just want you to get up, I'm just going to give him a list of my top 10 musicians we need to interview. Uh, Love it. Uh, Love it. No, he's got, a, he's got very connected and we're hopefully launched with that with getting the silver chair drummer, our bass player on, and talking, it's going to be hosted over a beer uh, in this room here uh, every week and just uh, exploring how people have been successful. And that gives us Australia-wide presence.
0: It's always fascinating when you dive into people's um, store, as we're doing right now, you sort of realise everyone, everyone sort of gets to the top level, but when you dive in, you realise that the nuts and bolts and what makes people sort of successful is usually more interesting, I think. A um, couple of questions that we got. Let's, let's let's sign through them if we've still got a bit of time. Matt, I've, I heard just I heard your question. I do want to come back to it. Uh, how long, in your opinion, should somebody invest in in building a social media funnel and doing this stuff before they expect to see results?
1: Ah, uh, well to go through the pro when you engage a marketing specialist, they want to do everything that's in their land. they give you a very big map uh, of what can conceive. And you're like, holy crap, that's a lot of money to invest. So, uh, and that might be, you know, they've got six events that you should run. So rather, so, you know, run one and see what the result is. Uh, so, you know, work, one of the, they won't like me saying this, but rather than just taking what they tell you as the gospel, challenge them. So you need to know what they're talking about. Otherwise, you'll be doing things, acronyms that you don't even know and understand and pay for. <laughs> so, and I think um, the number one thing you'd start, once you've got your brand and you do the SEO, or understand where your place is, have some, you know, just like you do with your clients, have some legitimate um, goals or expectations or benchmarks. And it doesn't have to be about the leads generated, but about getting your brand out. Then have we got better success? How's our, the inquiries we're getting, are we able to charge more fees than we were before? And then it might start to lead, you know, results. But I would, uh, I would expect you'd get some uh, traction after six months. After twelve months, you're going to get some results, and you'll know what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And eighteen months is when we probably really hit the goldmine of in June when it was thirty-six one. And a good, I, it's just not crappy leads too, because you've invested in that brand and your processes and the content. The leads that are coming through are really good quality. Anyone can generate inquiries, with the quality. Yeah, they're already. That's the whole thing. If you get it,
0: if you get this part right, you get clients coming and going. I know who you I know what you do. I want to talk about if you can help me, and it's a different conversation.
1: So, uh, the best best experience out of that, in, I had a meeting done in forty minutes and paperwork signed, fee agreed to, then just all sew so in because of the way that was positioned.
0: That's good. Um, so, I mean, the whole thing is if you're gonna if you're jumping in for three months and you're spending 10 grand a month on a marketing consultant, you're not going to last it because it's going to take you longer. Find something. and It's the same. If, if you're forcing yourself to sit down and write articles and it's taking you hours to edit them, you're not going to, you're not going to stick with it long enough. It's got to be something that's affordable, doable, and uh, repeatable, I guess. Um, Matt, there's a question. I think it was Matt Bruce. He said, no, it was Michael. If you, if you are forced to focus on one channel for your marketing, just one channel. Which one would you start with?
1: Oh, I would. At this point, again, if I asked you asked me that before, I'd say Facebook. I'd say the Google AdWords. Cool.
0: And you would focus on that strategy. Yeah. So just to so understand, if you if you're focusing on Ballarat but you're located in Perth, is that a problem?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Pick uh, pick uh, Fremantle Financial Planning instead. Yeah.
0: No.
1: Suburbs. Within your locality, yeah,
0: yeah. People from Perth don't like to find out that you're not in Perth when you're talking to them.
1: <laughs> and I think it costs now, but go and get the report and find out. Do they search? So here, I know it's financial planning Newcastle, not financial advisor. It's financial planning Newcastle. And the other one, they a very very popular giveaway is uh, the number one search thing on our analytics is Aged care advice. Um, so we write about Aged care, but it's it's like it ranks off the charts. You so might this- not You might not offer hand care advice, but
0: write about it. This is the key thing. I I reckon if you take, if everyone takes one thing from this, it's stop thinking that what you want to write about is what you should be writing about and use the data. Write about whatever the keywords are and you get the traffic. Write about what you want to and you are, you're going to, you're going to, you're putting it out there in the hope that somebody's interested in it. Cool. A couple more questions and then we might sort of finish. Uh, the clients that you bring in, are they, Glenn wanted to know, are they coming from cold traffic? Cold traffic. Yeah, I think what he means is have they ever, do you, do you have a previous relationship with them? And I guess, I guess the point, we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this, I guess the point we're trying to make so far is we're not trying to, con- you're not trying to convert them instantly. Generally, people who are coming in and having appointments, they've, they've been on your radar for a while. They've known about you for a while. Is that the point we're making?
1: Yeah. So, uh, and all they've got us, you know, on um, i gonna pick the central coast. They're all, they're moving from Sydney and they've got no the advisor stopped giving them advice. So they've got to find a new advisor. Uh, they're up prepared to do business. So depending on, uh, where they are in the buying cycle. Beautiful.
0: Dude, I've enjoyed this as much as I thought I would. <laughs> Thank
1: <you very> much. <laughs> Any final Sorry. messages you want to leave us with? Uh, no, just, um, yes. Yeah, I'm still passionate about the advice industry. We've gone through a lot of, um, a lot of change. I want to be the change and I want to let it all happen around me. So we're you know, active in what the world will look like in the next 12 months and 18 months. So, um, you know, we've got a great role, an honoured role to help people, you know, have their ideal retirement. And um, so I think uh, we've got to remember that and marketing is just part of what we do. Yep. Perfect. I love it.
0: man. thank you so much, Daniel.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Hopefully we get to do it again. Best of luck. I think a few people have voted for you in the XY, so I'm really hopeful that you pick up both awards. would be really, really good. I <laughs> would be uh, be cool uh,
1: to do. Yes, absolutely.
0: Hey there, guys and girls. Well, there you have it. 122 clients in 12 months, an outstanding result, and hopefully this deep dive on how it works has given you some real ammunition for you to go back and fine-tune your digital marketing strategy or just your marketing strategy or just get clear on the areas that you can improve at. As always, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to Daniel for sharing and to all of our guests along the way. If uh, if you haven't checked out the other guests that we've got, uh, there's a good library now of uh, masterclasses just like this. Just search for the Finnovator on your podcast uh, platform of choice. I do have a little bit of a favor to ask. If you're finding this useful, uh, if you think it's a valuable podcast and you know other financial experts, accountants, mortgage brokers, Uh, uh, financial advisors or other people who know financial stuff and can help other people to achieve better results. Uh, I'd love it if you'd share it, make some comments. But look, to be honest, I love sharing this stuff and it makes makes it even more rewarding for me if I know there's other people out there listening, loving, applying, all the rest of it. Uh, That's it from me. I hope you found this useful. Stay tuned. We've got more coming. But in the meantime, uh, thanks for listening and have a great week.